I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. This episode, we're talking the state of the league. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Rachel, welcome back. Glad to have you. I'm happy to be here. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening. We're, we're talking state of the league. The season ended yesterday. The regular season ends yesterday. Um, and we've already had, I mean, yesterday was full of events. Today's been full of events. And uh, let's dive in. The biggest news, I would say, is Pokey Chapman is out in Indiana um initial reactions to that move Rachel you know I was just having a conversation with somebody like a week ago about this and I was like yeah somewhat they made a comment of like man I you know she's probably not even going to be the coach at that point and I thought no I mean I really feel like there's going to be she'll get one more year um and that was just kind of my initial reaction I, I didn't anticipate seeing this right off the bat um, on Black Monday, everybody keeps <laughs> referring to it. As. But, um, you know, I mean, but when I stepped back and, and really thought about it, I mean, at the end of her contract, uh, a three-year deal, um, they compiled, you know, a, a below average record in three years. And, and I mean, I really, my initial reaction was a little bit taken back by it. Um, I really felt like Indiana had trended very well the last month. And you could see the potential of this team, uh, with with what Tier McCowan has been been able to do um, this late in the season, and, and the continued growth of Kelsey Mitchell, and I think this this roster has a lot of talent on it. Um, I think they're competitive and and they're able to uh, compete with anybody any given night. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the Indiana Fever here, and this is a franchise that I have followed extremely closely probably the last ten years. Um, of my life. And, and this is a, this is a franchise that's used to competing for championships and bringing home championships. And that's the, uh, that's kind of where the bar has been set. And, and I can't, I can't fault uh, the fever front office for the decision they made today, especially at the end of her contract. So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was a little bit shocked, but when I stuck, when I sat back and thought about it, um, I, I definitely think um, it's justified just based on a record standpoint. No, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, look, I'll, I'll, I, I compare it, and, and this is funny that I'll compare it in this, where we were talking about this earlier in the day. Um, I kind of view this similar to the Amber Stocks era of the Chicago Sky, because to me, like, look, Pokey took over a sinking ship and was basically, to quote a famous movie, a wartime consigliere, um, and wartime has kind of settled down, and now it's a state of, all right, we need to figure out what's the next move. We've kind of corrected the ship. We've stopped the the, the leaking in the boat, if you were. Um, you know, Tamika Ketchings leaves with a team that's completely built around her, and you have to wonder. Obviously, there's been some questionable uh, draft picks. I know you and I both aren't the biggest fan of the Kelsey Mitchell draft pick when you have so much other talent that's entered the league from that draft. Um, that being said, you do have Tierra McCown. You do have Kelsey Mitchell. You do have a plethora of other players on your team. The real question is finding that right person who can say, okay, this is the next step. We kind of 
have shifted away from the Tamika days. We're still a franchise that's focused on winning. What's our next move? We And there's going to be a lot of tough decisions to be made. And I'll be real, as much as, you know, personally, I think Pokey is an amazing person. I think she gets a lot, maybe a little bit too much flack for the negativity or the lack of championships won in Chicago. Um, not going to defend all of that. I will say, though, that, like, I think this is the right move. It's, it's a tough situation. You've got to make these choices. And it's a little bit easier with a new coach to kind of maybe dump some uh, some weight that's been there for a little bit too long, as it were. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do see some similarities. I get what you're saying with the um, Pokey Chapman, Amber Stocks comparison. The biggest difference with that one um, is, is Amber had two years to, in my opinion, um, change an even bigger catastrophic mess up in Chicago. And, you know, Pokey's had three years. Um, I think, you know, some of those decisions, as you said, we could, we could go around back and forth, whatever debate about, um, you know, draft picks, things like that. You know, should, should, should Cappy have not, you know, been a starter? Should, 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 that she have played Kelsey Mitchell more from the jump. I have my own opinions on that. It doesn't really matter. It's water under the bridge. At the end of the day, you know, three years on your contract and you're just not getting it done. And so, I mean, I, I agree with you on that point. My only, my only issue is that Amber had two years. Pokey had three. And at three three years at this point, that there needs to be more progression. And that's just, that's just the world we live in. I mean, this is professional sports. It is what it is. They haven't made the playoffs you've got to make the playoffs. Um, and I mean, this is like, at least one of those years. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I think that there's, there's a, there's a good core there. There's a good group. There's obviously a ton of young potential, but there's still some holes in this roster that um, first for the next coach to build on. Oh yeah. And, and like, look, let's be real. I mean, if, even if they do make the playoffs, it's, I think she's probably still out because think, if you think about it realistically, like you said, it's a contract year. Um, and unless this team made like ginormous leaps, I feel, and, and this isn't a shot against anyone, but I feel like there would be some sort of revolt uh, in the Fever fan base if you're giving an extension, as it were. Like, whether or not it's it's formed as an extension or whatever it is, you, there's going to be some frustrations in the fan base if they see you go from like two horribly losing seasons to then a me- like a good season and you make the playoffs. There'll still be some questions about giving that extension so like I, I they're between a rock and a tough place so so I, I got no qualms with that I mean look I did an episode last week uh with Gabe where we spoke about all right out of these four teams not making the playoffs who's most likely to go and I said pokey I think she deserves one more year but it like it likely it's pokey yeah no I agree with you all right let's move on next up uh I was there live for it um the one of the more bizarre moments in WNBA history, at least from my perspective, the ejection. I mean, look, look, let's just call it what it is. It was an overreaction by the referee. Um, I'm not, I was not a fan of it. I was standing there live, like perfect vision of it happening. So confused. I mean, the slow motion just make it even more ridiculous. Cause like reading the ref's lips, first of all, the ref straight up looking at her turns away to talk to Vanderquigs and then gets like tapped on the side and he just freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this, this, this has turned into something that's far greater than just an overreaction of, you know, an egotistical, arrogant referee. I mean, it's turned into something so much bigger, which um, is, is something we could 
obviously make a whole other show about. But the thing that was so alarming to me was that initial reaction, like the face, um, his eyes, what he mouthed, oh, wow, or whatever it was, um, his initial reaction to her was so disgusting to me um, as a woman, as, as an athlete, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it, it literally made me cringe. And I had to stop watching it, although I've, I haven't stopped thinking about it because I, it, like, like, like people are talking about, it is far much bigger than just an ejection. But I do want to bring up one point, you know, number 43, I don't even know what, what is his name? I don't even know what his name is, but. <laughs> look, look, I I think it's a ridiculous call. I think he overreacted. I don't want the man to start getting hate mail and like, <laughs> whatever like watch out sky show sky show might like like send him like a confetti bomb or something (laughs) number 43 has a history of issues like this in the league he has been i i have been told by multiple sources that he has been reported to the league multiple times before um for similar types of situations from an arrogance standpoint um, his, his, there's something about his demeanor and talking down to players. Um, so this is an ongoing issue. Uh, I think there, there were a lot of people who were not surprised, you know, this is kind of in his nature, um, which is really unfortunate that this is been a part of the league for a period of time, but it speaks to, a, a, a the timing of it. Um, hopefully there's a silver lining, um, especially headed into, you know, negotiations, all these types of things that like, this is an issue, you know, like, like this guy is an issue. Um, this is an issue within the league that the caliber of, um, refs, um, the people who are allowed to be, you know, in this league operating in this manner, like, like we've, the, the refs are a big topic. You know, we, we've all been talking about it throughout the course of the season. Here we are entering playoffs and sure enough, you know, it'll, it'll be an issue in, in some playoff game down the stretch here, uh, one way or another. But, um, this issue in particular was extremely alarming. Um, and I personally <laughs> very much offended by it. And I felt so bad for her. Um, reaction seeing her run through that tunnel just damn near broke my heart but I'm really happy that the league you know was able to come out this morning Monday morning and basically rescind it and say hey you know that that didn't take place she's obviously going to be able to play on Wednesday um but still in my opinion more needs to be done uh this 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 type of demeanor and behavior can't be tolerated in this league in my opinion no I I completely agree with you I think it's ridiculous I think um I mean Look, uh, point blank, watching it, you can watch it a billion times. There was no reason for an ejection there. If you want to be the biggest stickler for the rules and say, oh, you touched the ref, I'm teeing you up or something, fine. But, like, let's be real. We've all seen a player grab the attention of a ref, like, like actually grab a ref or, you know, do much more. Um, and, yeah, I mean well- – I mean, yeah, I just find it ridiculous. <laughs> just watch it. And if anyone's listening and you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry. You probably have been off social media for a while because it's all over the place. I mean, anybody who, you know, can can walk and chew gum can see that 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 this was just an accidental contact, you know, type of situation. 
we call it, can we dub it Touchgate? <laughs> Touchgate. Complete, just overreaction, complete, the ego, the arrogance, everything involved in that was just mortifying um, from a great kind-hearted player who um, came out and, and, you know, apologized the way that she did even after the game, you know, and, and I thought it was interesting. Allie Quigley, her teammate, a lot of, all, all of her teammates came to her defense. A lot of other athletes came to her defense, but um, Allie Quigley, Allie Quigley brought up a great point. She was like, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm concerned was like after they all go to the monitor and review it and decided to uphold the call that, that was what was even more alarming to her. And I, I thought that was the good point as well. Like, how did you go to that monitor and like not see what the rest of the world was seeing? So I'm, I'm confused by so, so much of it. I'm, you know me, I'm the devil's advocate and I'm going to be made like a fool because she definitely knows the league rules a lot better than me. My only thing is I feel like after they've made that call, like she was sent out before if I were, and maybe my memory is wrong and I clearly don't know the league rules and that's on me. But my, if my memory serves me correctly, before they even looked at the review, they sent her to the locker room. And my question is more so I completely agree with her. Three people look, it's ridiculous that they uphold the call, but could they even have reversed it? Could they have maybe said, no ejection or, I mean, I'll be real. There was a lot of confusion, a lot of ridiculousness uh, in that game. Like at one point, uh, Coach Wade made a comment to the ref or something. And the ref, like after a free throw, and the ref thought he was calling a timeout and like stopped the game, sent both teams to the sidelines. And Wade's standing there like, what are you doing? I didn't call a time. Like th- this was not the only confusing head scratching moment from that game. Um and wow, I can, you said it. I can't wait for this to uh, affect the actual playoffs. Let me ask you, you were there. Um, how, how was the pulse of Chicago following that game? I mean, were, did anybody talk about that? Uh, so I'll, I'll be real. I spoke to James, James, Coach James Wade, head coach. Uh, <laughs> and no, I, I, at first he wasn't really open to talking about it. I asked him if he had a comment about it. He said nothing. He said, no, I don't want to speak to it. And then as the interview is kind of going on, he was like, you know what? Actually, I do want to. And he made, honestly, this, you know, you often see and hear coaches come to the defense of their players. And I want to give him a shout out for this because the way he approached this, I thought, was not only professional, but very heartfelt. Where he said, look, I know her. Anyone who knows her, she's a great person. So I'm not even going to bring that into question. What, like, what the intention was here. But something that we need to approach, and I tweeted this out after the game, something we need to approach and talk about is the fact that a lot of these players coming into the league, English is their secondary language. And as many of the players in our league know, and anyone who's traveled to a different country knows, if that if you're in a place where everyone's speaking a different language than you, there's a language barrier. You'll use your hands a little bit more. You'll use your body language a little bit more to express what you're trying to say. Now, I think she did an amazingly calm job of doing it, and if you watch the video, and he says this, he's like, look, it, you know, probably what she did was she tried to get his attention, and then he wasn't looking at her, so he tapped it, or she tapped him on the side, and he freaked out. And and I completely agree. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I thought that was a really interesting aspect of it that most people didn't even think about um, and, and when it came to this regard of like, oh, maybe that's not her first language, and oh, maybe she was trying to be polite. Like even the people, like I I've seen the Twitter trolls who are W fans and we're like, Oh, it's horrible. Get her out, get her out, get her out. 
And let me just say the crowd was chanting, get her out or whatever it was. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, come on. There was no malice in it. Like, not at all. uh, It's whatever. All right. Let's move on because that was just, uh, we shouldn't even be giving it that much attention. But the only reason we need to is because people need to be held accountable for things like that. And and something that, like, obviously no player on that roster or coach on that roster is going to say anything about. But she was having a great game. Like, sure. And to pull her from that game was a huge, it, it caused a huge effect to the team for the rest of the game. Wade also mentioned that the majority of their halftime speech, the majority of their halftime break was spent talking to her saying, no, you didn't let the team down. That was ridiculous on the ref. You don't need to worry about it. We're behind you. We support you. And the fact that a professional sports team has to spend their time doing that because an overzealous ref decided to get a little whistle happy. Come on. Yeah. The whole thing's ridiculous. Like I said, I mean, that changes the entire dynamic of a team for the rest of the game. Now I get, you know, you're, you're, you're playing at Washington. Washington's the most dominant team in the league right now, but Chicago's making a major run, you know, and they're, they're, they're a very scary team um, who, who obviously is very talented and, you know, you lose by 14 and, you know, midway through the second quarter, you have your entire dynamic switched up with this ridiculousness and your team's focusing on this at halftime when they should be talking about adjustments um, against the mystics. I mean, who knows? You know, it's just, it's just, like I said, I've said it 15 times. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm very heated about it still. Um, but I know a lot of people are. All right. Well, as we're talking state of the league, let's talk about the playoffs. In the first round, we got Phoenix taking on Chicago in Chicago. Minnesota taking on Seattle in Seattle. Uh, coming into this, Phoenix is in worst shape in the playoffs, coming off a four-game losing streak. Uh, Minnesota is probably, arguably, the hottest team uh, in this first round with a four-game win streak that was ended uh, in in the final game of the regular season. Uh, Staying true to myself, I'm picking the Sky in Seattle because of that home court advantage. Rachel, what are your thoughts? I'm really excited about both of these games on on Wednesday. Obviously, that that single elimination game, you can go round, round and round about whether you are a fan of it or not, but obviously having everything on the line like that is um, definitely makes for good television. But um, I just think the Chicago Sky are um, the most dangerous team out of these four. I think they are primed to make a deep run, and they can cause some serious problems. I love that they're at home. Typically, I would be talking about Phoenix because – two months ago we were talking about them being a contender so it's a little bit weird to be in this situation but that's just what my gut is so I'm with you with Chicago um when it comes to Minnesota and Seattle both teams I mean I think they have to be looking at this as a brand new season Uh, you're in the playoffs if you can get past that single elimination game you've got an opportunity to make some you know a pretty good run Uh, this this game in particular I think is going to be really good but uh, I'm going to agree with you um the home court advantage is going to win out I think Seattle's going to they're going to show up. They're going to be ready to go. Nice. We actually agreed on something. Well, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.